Hey friends, this is Josh Blair, and I'm the pastor of Central Valley Church, and this is our podcast. My prayer for the message you hear today is that it will inspire you and encourage you to walk closer with Jesus this week. If you want to stay connected with us, please check us out at CVC Madera, both on Facebook and Instagram. And you can check out our YouTube channel, Central Valley Church. Thanks for listening. So we are in our second week of our series called All I Want for Christmas. How many of you were able to be with us this last week or you watched online of the first week of this series? If you were, just throw your hand up real quick. We talked about hope. And we typically in the church calendar, we call this Advent season. It's the, this anticipation of Christ coming into the world. And every year, uh, our hearts are stirred around this Christmas time to be reminded that Jesus came into the world with a purpose and an intention in mind. Uh, he came to live a perfect, sinless life, to die a death he did not deserve, to redeem us and to teach us what it means to, to follow God, to know who God is, and to transform our hearts and lives. But as he also came into the world, we, we believe, we understand, that as he came, he also brought gifts with him. He brought the benefit of knowing him. And last week we talked about one of the first initial benefits of knowing Jesus is this gift that he brings of hope. Hope that we all need, a hope that we are all longing for, and, and uh, how many of you know we need hope today, especially in the season that we're in? We need to have something that we're looking forward to that is greater and better than what we experience today. That's what hope is. And, and so as we talked about that last week, I, I believe it really encouraged hearts and lives. And then this week, we're going to be talking about the gift that Jesus brings called peace. How many of you need peace today? How many of you know that we need peace in our world? There's a lot of turmoil, there's a lot of fear, there's a lot of anxiety, and, and peace confronts all of those things in, in this world and in our lives. And, and we need that, and we are reminded in this season that Jesus, not only does he bring us hope, but he also offers us peace. And we need peace. We strive for peace. In fact, all of us are striving for peace in our lives every day. Do you know that? You're all, you're all striving for peace in some area of your life every day, whether that's peace in relationships or, you know, you've got some turmoil at home or you've got issues at work or you've got something going on. You're like, man, I, this doesn't feel right. I want peace in this. You might not say peace, but that's what you're looking for. Maybe there's, there's stuff in your mind. You're, when you lay down at night, you, you, you wrestle, you, you're, you're, you have anxious thoughts and there's concerns. What you really need is peace in your mind, Right? Maybe there's, maybe there's stuff that you're not really pleased with within yourself. How many of you know sometimes we, sometimes we, we get down on ourselves or we're, we're, we're unhappy with ourselves and, and we don't know what the resolution is. What, we lo what we're looking for is peace within, peace with who we are, peace the, that, we, that we are who we say we are in front of others and behind closed doors, yes? We're looking for that kind of peace. And, and the greatest peace that we've been looking for and that we desire is a peace with God knowing that we are right with God, in right relationship with God, knowing that if we have peace with God, peace in these other areas will fall into place as well. So we are all striving for peace. And the question is, why? Why are we always looking for peace? Because we are created for peace. We are created in peace. We are created to have peace in our lives. That's why we have turmoil in relationships. It's a lack of peace. It doesn't sit right with us. You know, and, and, and there's a, and uh, if any of you are aware of Enneagram, I don't know if you know that, or if not, if you care about it or not, it's a big thing in several circles, but maybe not in your circle. But there are, there are nine personality types in this thing called an Enneagram, and uh, number nine out of nine 
is a peacemaker, and I happen to be a number nine on the Enneagram type. If you want to look about that and find out more about me, just look up Enneagram nine type, and you'll know everything about me. Okay, so if you're interested in that at all. But the big issue for us as nines is that we desire peace always. The bad thing about that is sometimes I can compromise what I desire in, in negative ways to just appease people so that we can have a, a temporary peace, but it's not really a deep peace. But what we desire is to have peace in relationships. We desire to be in right relationship with people. That's how God created us. We, we are created to have peace. It's our natural state of being. And when we don't have it, we have turmoil within us. When we have peace in our minds, we, are, we, we rest better. Do you notice that? You sleep better when, you don't, when you're not so anxious or you you lay down at night and you don't have thoughts running through your head about all the things you've got to do and all the things that people are saying and what people might think about you. When, you. when you don't have all that stuff going on, you have peace in your mind, you sleep better. That's our natural state of being. We desire to have peace in our hearts, peace in our minds. We desire to have peace within because prolonged inner turmoil can be destructive. Do you know that? That's where stress comes in. When you have a prolonged, sometimes we have inner turmoil, but it's good. It motivates us to do something. It motivates us to, to accomplish. But if we have a prolonged internal turmoil, it creates a destructive pattern in us, and it, and it brings more harm than it does good because we are devoid of peace in us. We should have peace within our hearts, and, and we need to have peace with God because when we have peace with God, we know that we're in right relationship with God. We don't have fear of punishment from God when we have peace with him, and we need that. We need to, in fact, believe that God is merciful, that he is kind, that he is just, that he is loving. And we, we can approach the throne room of God through the peace that we have been given by the Prince of Peace, who is Jesus. But if we don't have that, then you're going you're gonna to live in fear. You're going to think that God's mad at you, that you're going to think that God's out to get you, and you're going to have turmoil in your life. And that's not how God created us. He created us for peace. Do you agree? Peace is something that we should be looking for. The question is... How do we find it? That's what we're going to be answering this morning. How do we find peace? How do we have peace with God? How do we have peace with others? How do we have peace of mind? How do we have peace within? We're going to be looking to God's word today because we believe God's word is life-giving and it is, an, it is profitable for teaching, for instruction, and to help us understand how to live. And we're looking at a book in the Old Testament. It's going to be the last book. In the Old Testament, so if you have a Bible with you, you can go flip to the New Testament, Matthew, then go back one book, and we're looking at the book of Malachi. And it's a book uh, that addresses the people of God who are asking these same questions. How do I find peace? How do we get peace? In the book of Malachi, the people of God, they've rebuilt the temple because they had been carried away into captivity. Now they've been brought back to the land of Israel and they've rebuilt the temple of God. They began sacrificing to God again. They're doing all the right things. They desire to live as his people, but they keep running into the same issues over and over again, not having peace with God and not having peace with each other. So they're doing all the right things, but they don't have the results of those things. And the prophet Malachi, and his name means my messenger, has been sent by God and begins to, he begins to point out to them that the way that they're living behind closed doors is not going to cut it. What they're, what they're doing in public is fine, but when they get in private, what they're doing in private is not lining up with what they say they believe. And that, that difference between those things is causing a lack of peace in their life. And he begins to tell them throughout the book of Malachi, look, God doesn't just want your offerings, he wants your heart. 
God doesn't just want an outward expression of what you think you need to do to check a, a list off or, or, or mark a box that you've done it. He wants a genuine, pure relationship with you. He wants to know where you're at, what your, where your heart is, so that, your, so that your lips don't praise him, but your heart is far from him. Or does, so that your lips don't say one thing and your heart is believing another. And so, so Malachi is telling him, God wants you to live in right relationship with him, but also in right relationship with others. Stop abusing others. Stop manipulating others. Stop, stop having strife with other people and begin to treat others fairly. And the prophet tells them there needs to be a change of heart and a change of living. This is what needs to happen. So God tells them in Malachi chapter 3, starting in Verse 1, if you have your Bibles, you can turn there. If you have a YouVersion Bible app on your smartphone, you can go to Malachi chapter 3, starting in verse 1. And he says this, Behold, I send my messenger, and he will prepare the way before me. And the Lord whom you seek will suddenly come to his temple. And the messenger of the covenant in whom you delight, behold, he is coming, says the Lord. God is saying this. He says, there needs to be a change of heart. I know that there needs to be a change of heart because I see your hearts. And although men and women see the outward expression, God looks at the heart. He says, I know you need a change of heart. So I'm going to send a messenger ahead of me to prepare your hearts. I'm going to send somebody ahead of me before I show up to prepare the way so that your hearts are ready to receive what I have in store for you. It says, you've been seeking me, but you, you, you've, you've had a problem finding me. And I'm going to help you find me. Right? This is what he says. But in verse 2 he says this. But who can endure the day of his coming? He's saying you're looking for me. But the one I'm sending to you. When he shows up. You might not like it. He says who can endure his coming. And who can stand when he appears. For he is like a refiner's fire. And like fuller's soap. He will sit as a refiner and, pur and purifier of silver. And he will purify the sons of Levi. And refine them like gold and silver. And they will bring offerings in righteousness to the Lord. The Lord is saying here through Malachi, I'm sending my messenger who you need, but when he gets to you, you may not like what he has to say. You're desiring for a change of heart, but what I'm about to tell you to help you have a change of heart, you're not going to like it. It's not going to sit well with you. It's not going to be comfortable for you. There's going to be some things that I might have to call out in you that are robbing you of your peace, but you might be so comfortable with those things that you feel like the pain of getting to peace is not going to be worth it, so you're not willing to remove these things or allow me to remove these things from your life. And this is what he says as a refiner. Of, uh, the, see, this word of refining fire, sometimes we, we lose it because we don't, we don't understand. We don't have a whole lot of people that make jewelry today. We don't have a whole lot of people that are refining gold and silver, you know, in, the, in their backyards. And we walk over and be like, that silver's almost done. You know, we, we, don't really, we don't really see that much. I mean, I know that Jackie and her business is out there doing resin. And she might start popping off gold and diamond rings. And I don't know what. She's got a big, a big future ahead of her with all the stuff she's making. Um, hashtag buy Jackie's stuff. Uh, just a little plug for her. Um, but, but we don't really see that often. And so sometimes we're talk, when he's talking about there's going to be a refiner of, of gold and silver, we, we don't really know that process. But what would happen is he would, the refiner of gold and silver would sit there, and as they would heat the metal up, uh, it would liquefy. And as it would liquefy, all the impurities in the metal that are, are not, uh, that would at attach themselves to gold, like nickel and zinc and all these other things that would attach, they would, 
they would rise to the surface because the, these other precious metals were heavier than these impurities, right? And so these things would rise to the surface and the refiner would come and begin to skim those things off of the top. As the heat got hotter, the impurities would rise more and he would continue to skim them off the top, skim them off the top. And he knew that the meadow was purified when he would look into it and see his own reflection. And I, I, I sense the Spirit of God saying for some of us, you're in the middle of this heat and this fire that you're uncomfortable with, that you don't want to be a part of, that you want to jump out of, but there are some things in you that need to come out. And those things, uh, I won't be done with you until I can look in you and see my own reflection. And there's something that God is wanting to do in this season that says, there are things that are robbing you of the peace that I have freely given to you, and you, you have settled with them because you feel like the pain of letting those things are great, is greater than the benefit of letting those things go. But that's just not the case. See, for us, I think in a, in a modern context, we, what helps me understand this and puts it in, into a language that I can understand is, is hand sanitizer. Maybe you're thinking, Pastor, you lost me on hand sanitizer. But I think hand sanitizer is a good picture of what it means to be in refiner's fire. Because hand sanitizer is here to remove the impurities off of our hands. But have you ever put on hand sanitizer when you had a cut or cracked knuckles or broken skin? It's like straight fire to your hands. Yes? And some of you who might have cracked skin or stuff, you, you start putting on the hand sanitizer and you're like, oh, Lord, nope, no, okay, not worth it. That was not worth it. I would rather have these impurities. I put so much on, it dripped all over my sleeves. Lord Jesus. Sometimes you might think, this is it's too much. It's, I'm, it's not worth the burn. I would rather have dirty hands, right? Some of you might think that way. And I began to wonder why. Why does it burn so much when we put on hand sanitizer on our hands when we have a cracked skin or cracked knuckles. And some of you are saying, it's the alcohol. Yes, okay, I understand it's the alcohol, but what about the alcohol that causes us to feel this pain in us? So I did some research, and there's scientists who are out there much smaller, smarter than me, and they, they said that what happens is when we put on hand sanitizer and we have broken skin, the, 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 the alcohol, the ethanol, or even the, the antiseptics that are in the hydrogen peroxide sometimes you put on, interacts with these nerve receptors called VR1 receptors that our body uses to tell our, to tell our bodies if we're actually touching something hot. These nerve endings, they fire typically around temperatures of 107, 108 degrees, and that tells us that's hot. Don't keep your hand there. Well, the alcohol or the ethanol that is in the hand sanitizer engages and uh, it causes these nerve reactors to, to react at much lower temperatures. So it feels like we're burning when we're really not. And the interesting thing is that it might cause temporary pain, but it's not long-lasting, and it actually is causing no damage. It isn't, it isn't burning you like it feels like it's burning you. It only gives the appearance of it. And when I began to think about hand sanitizer and refining fire, I thought, something about this hand sanitizer relates to my understanding of what God does in me as a follower of Jesus. If I'm beginning to ask the Lord, God, burn out these things in me that I don't want. The understanding of what God does in us as he begins to purify us, it may feel like, it might feel painful. 
It may feel like it's not worth it. But God's saying what's happening in you is only temporary and it's not causing you any damage. These things that you're feeling is similar to hand sanitizer that, that some of us would say, there's impurities and imperfection in my life, and mainly impurities in my life that, that I, don't, I don't want, but is it worth me going through a temporary pain to get rid of those things? And God would say this, the benefits of going through it far outweigh keeping the impurities on your hands. Because what might be on your hands could damage you much more than the temporary sting that you feel when you put on the sanitizer. So there is something in this picture that God is wanting to say. That, that what God is wanting to do in us may feel painful, but, but just for a moment. But if we don't remove these things in us, we're going to continue to have peace robbed from us. We're going to continue to have strife in relationships, pain and worry within our minds, Struggle within our own relationships, a lack of knowing that we're in right relationship with Jesus because there is some stuff in us that we're not willing to let go of. But the question that we need to be asking as we seek to find peace today is that, that God is, is, is providing a way for us to know him. That God is providing a way for us to, to, to find the peace that he has given us. And the first step if you're taking notes, to, to receiving peace in your life is to recognize, one, that peace requires a changed heart. It requires a changed heart. In the church world, we call a changed heart a, a repentant heart or a heart that turns away from the thing that we're going towards and turning into the diff a different direction. This is what repentance means. It means to turn around and go the other way. And if you are, having, you are lacking peace in an area of your life, the first thing that we have to recognize is maybe I'm going in the wrong direction. Maybe I'm going towards something that will not benefit me the way I think that it will benefit me. Maybe there's something that I'm pursuing after that I need to have a change of heart towards because that thing that I'm seeking is actually robbing me of peace. Maybe there's something going on in us that we need to recognize that maybe God is, his peace is, is not with us because we're going in the wrong direction. And we can have a repentant heart on how, how we're living. If we're living in, in sin, if we're pursuing a sinful lifestyle, we can stop that by the grace of God and turn towards Him. But we can also have repentant hearts in the way that we think, the way that we act, the way that we feel. We can say maybe the way I'm thinking is not, is not beneficial and is not of God and I need to turn my thoughts towards God. Maybe even what I'm feeling, even though our feelings are real, they don't have to dictate how we respond and what we do in life. And maybe our feelings are saying, God, I'm feeling this way, but it's not benefiting me to continue to feel this way. I need to have a change of heart and walk in a different direction. And repentance is not a one-time thing. Maybe you're thinking, I, I accepted Jesus a long time ago. I repented of my sin, and, I, and I'm new in, in Christ, and I'm living life, and I, I only got to do it once. No, repentance is something we do on a regular basis. Not only because we continue to sin as followers of Jesus, we continue to struggle, we continue to stumble, but also because we have thoughts that are not God's thoughts. We do things that are not pleasing to the Lord. And in those moments, we say, Lord, please forgive me. I turn from that way of living, that way of thinking, that way of feeling, and I turn towards you again. It is a continual aligning of our lives towards Jesus. This is what repentance means. How many of you drive? I mean, if you hit potholes in life, sometimes... Sometimes they're there and not your fault. 
but because of the potholes that you hit, you got to go back and get your tires realigned. You ever had that happen? Or you slam into the curb too hard? I do that all the time. You can ask my wife. She's like, do you not see the curbs? I said, do they even see me? They should be worried about me, not me about them, right? Come on. They should move. I'm in the bigger vehicle. Right? But that happens. That when those things happen, either you're, it's your own issue, you, you hit the curbs, or you hit potholes that you didn't put there and you didn't see, there has to be a realignment. Realignment is, is a repentance. It's a coming back into alignment with what God has for us. And to have peace, sometimes we need to question, am I going in the right direction? Am I, am I pursuing Jesus in the right way? Am I understanding what Jesus has for us? He is peace. He brings his peace, but sometimes I allow things to get in my life that distract me or rob me from this peace. God says in Malachi chapter 3, started continuing in verse 4, he says, As you allow the, refiner, the refiner's fire to remove these impurities in you, these things that, that you are doing behind closed doors that you think you're doing all right because publicly you're doing all the right things and saying all the right things, but behind closed doors you're thinking about this, you're doing wrong this. And if you allow me to purify some of these things out of you, it says in verse 4, then the offering of Judah, or the, the, the people, the, Judah was defined as the people of praise, so then the offering of those who praise me and Jerusalem, this kingdom city, will be pleasing to the Lord as in the days of old and as in former years. And he says this, if you will do this, then your offerings to the Lord will be pleasing and have real value. Because there are plenty of people who go through the motion of, of religiosity and I do all the right things, but have a heart that's far from God and says, all of that is worthless if your heart is far from me. But if you can bring your heart, if you allow me to work in your heart, then the outward expression of what the inward transformation of what I'm doing now has value and worth. And God's saying, if you allow it to happen, then, then, then there will be real transformation. If you, if you allow your heart to come into agreement with who I am and what I say about you, then you'll have peace. Because for there to be peace, there has to be agreement. Do you agree? We have peace. <laughs> for, there to be, for there to be peace in relationships, you have to agree. If there's not agreement, there's tension. There's not peace. So for us to have real peace and, and to have uh, a relationship that's strong down together, then we have to agree together, which means sometimes we have to compromise. Sometimes I need to say I'm wrong. Sometimes you need to say you're wrong. Sometimes there needs to be this agreement together where peace can flow. And for us to have that in right relationship with other people, we have to be willing to say, I'm wrong. Please forgive me. I need to repent the way I was acting or thinking or responding to you. And in, but in relationship with God, well, God doesn't need to repent. He's always good. He's always loving, he's always just, he's always kind. So in relationship with God, if we desire to have peace with God, we are the ones who need to repent first. We're the ones who say, God, I am not in agreement with who you, who you are, who you say you are, what you say about me. I need to change my thinking, my thoughts, my patterns of doing so that I can more align my life with you. When I do that, his peace comes. He sets a messenger before us to to, uh, to find the way to peace. And in the New Testament, he does it, he, talk, he describes a messenger that he sent before, uh, before Jesus would come. In Luke, chapter, in Luke chapter 1, it says this, uh, as God sent a messenger, in verse 76, you, child, will be called the prophet of the Most High, and you will go before the Lord to prepare his ways. 
Do you know what this passage of Scripture is talking about? Do you know who he's talking about here in the New Testament? He's talking about John the Baptist who comes before Jesus to prepare the way. Isaiah talks about him as well. A voice in the desert crying, prepare the way of the Lord. And he's talking about John the Baptist. And you know what John the Baptist's ministry was? It was a baptism, uh, baptism of repentance. So God is saying before Jesus comes, whose title is the Prince of Peace, before you can receive peace in your life, you must prepare the way through repentance. Having a heart of repentance creates space for peace to enter into your life. This is how we understand how God moves in us and, and allows us to experience his peace. To have peace with God, you have to have a repentant heart to say, God, I am not right. You are right. I, I can't do my life the way I want to. I must follow the way you desire it to do. I have to submit my life. If you say, Jesus, you're the son of God, I submit my life to you. Your way it, it becomes my way. I desire to know you, to live. That is a heart of repentance. The peace of God comes to you. Peace in your mind, peace in your heart, peace in right relationships happens through a heart of repentance. This is what the gospel tells us in continuing Luke chapter 1, verse 77, as it introduces John the Baptist. It says, as he comes to prepare the way, it's to give knowledge of salvation to his people for the forgiveness of their sins because of the tender mercy of God, whereby the, sun, the sunrise shall visit us from on high. To give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death to guide our feet into the way of peace. So he comes to show us salvation, which is peace with God, forgiveness of our sin, and to come out of darkness and death into his light and life, into the way of peace. Peace with God, peace with each other, peace within, and peace of mind. But for that to happen, not only do we need to have uh, a repentant heart, a change of heart to experience his peace, we need to have a heart that is humble. To have peace, it requires a humble heart. Peace starts when we say, I'm wrong. True peace begins when we turn to God and say, I'm wrong. I'm, I'm, the way I'm living, the way I think, the way I react, the way I treat others, the way I treat and respond to you, God, is wrong, and I repent. I turn from those things, and I turn to you. This is the beginning of the way of peace. And the prophet John the Baptist has prepared the way through repentance and humility. To repent takes humility. I'm going, I'm going in the wrong direction. Those who are prideful say, I'm always going in the right direction because I'm always right. But if you can say, I'm not always right, I might be choosing the wrong thing. Not only does that help you repent, but it, it's, it shows that you have a heart of humility. You recognize I'm not right, but God is. And I submit to him. Number three, a repentant heart prepares the way for Jesus. During this Christmas season, preparing to receive Jesus, our desire for peace causes us to look at our lives, how we're living, and turn from the things that are against God or not submitted to God and turn to him. During this season, allow this Christmas season to remind us that there are things that come from God that can't be found under a Christmas tree. There are things that can't be purchased or bought that we so desperately need more than we need gifts, more than we need any gaming system, more than we need even new clothes or a new toothbrush, whatever we might be getting on this Christmas season. There are things that we need from God that are, that are more intimate, more powerful, that we desire more than another present under the tree. 
And these things come from God. We need his hope and we need his peace. We desire his peace. Do you desire his peace today? Then that requires us to look within, to say, God, if there's something in me that is robbing me of the peace I so desperately need, then I'm willing to stand in the fire so that you can cause these things to boil up out of me, cause these things to rise in me, to make me aware of what needs to change in my life so that I can submit my life to your will and to your way so that you can skim these things off the top until you can look at me and say, I can see my own reflection. Sometimes there are things in life that cause boiling points in us, and instead of exploding and saying, that's just how I am, you keep pushing my buttons, you know, you grab the horns, you get the bull. That's just how it is. You know what? Watch yourself. It's just who I am. Instead of just saying, making excuses of like, well, quit, quit pushing my buttons. Stopping and saying, look, why am I feeling this way? Why am I responding? Come on, Felicia, I'm preaching to you. Son. Why am I reacting this way? Because God might be saying, I have allowed these things to come to the top of the surface because I want to point out some things in you so we can skim that stuff off the top. Instead of just reacting and say, making an excuse for it, saying, no, I, I, these things are coming to the surface because there's something in me that needs to be changed or needs to be addressed or there's something between us that we need to talk about that, that is causing these things and, and we need to figure these things out because God is refining us. God is purifying us. God is making us more like Christ. It's not a sin to get angry, but understand why it's there and what's happening there and what God is trying to do. And if it's a righteous anger, praise God. We're, we're angry at sin. We're mad at the devil for what he's bringing, causing people to do and bringing into their lives and bringing brokenness and pain. But if there's other issues going on, the devil didn't cause it. You're just upset. Understand that and talk about it. Figure it out because God is causing these things to rise to the surface so that you can move them off. But instead of saying, well, I'm not going to address it. I'd rather keep the impurities on my hand than feel a little sting. Then God is desiring for you to question, like, why, why? This is just temporary. The things on your hands might cause some permanent damage. Allow me to refine these things in you and through you. This is a call for repentance, both, both for those who, who don't have relationship with Jesus. If you don't have relationship with Jesus, then you've not fully experienced his peace. You don't have peace with God. Peace with God only comes through a loving relationship with Christ. Saying, God, I accept you, Jesus, as my God, my Savior. I submit my life to you. So if you've never done that, or if you've walked away from that, and God's calling you back to it, that's where peace begins, in right relationship with Jesus. And if the, for those of us who are in right relationship with Jesus, but yet we're feeling uh, peace has been robbed from us in some areas of our life, whether the way we think or, or the way that we're responding to stuff or, or re relational issues, then we have to stop and say, God, if there's something in me that needs to change, God, I repent and I, show me, Holy Spirit. Bring it to the surface so that I can address it and I can walk in peace today. This is what God desires to work in us and through us in this house today and online as you're watching, even asking at home, what is going on? How, how, how do I not have peace in these issues? God, show me. Show me. I'm turning back to you today. I'm turning towards you, God, today. So that I can begin to experience the Prince of Peace and the, priest and the peace that he brings me. The idea is that there's no peace without agreement. 
We come into agreement with God's word. We come into agreement with who God is and what God says. And to agree with God, we first have to submit and understand our desperate need for him. So with every head bowed and every eye closed this morning as the worship team comes forward, If you don't have right, if you're not in right relationship with Jesus, whether you have never accepted him as your Lord and Savior, never submitted your heart to him, or if you did and then you've walked away because of stuff in your life or you chose to pursue other things or you, you, there's just stuff that's going on that caused you to walk away from the Lord. Jesus would say to you today, today is your day of salvation. Today is your chance to come home. Recognize that there is no peace without Jesus. There is no hope without Christ. There is no life outside of Him. And if you want to have peace, it begins by surrendering your life to Jesus. So if that's you this morning, say, Pastor, I know, I know the reason why. I don't have peace that you're talking about. It's because I've not submitted my life to Jesus. If that's you here this morning in person or either online, I'm going to count to three and on that, I want you to raise your hand. In the comment section, you raise your hand. Or should I pray for me or right here in the house today, I want you to raise your hand on the count of three. Say, Pastor, would you pray for me? I want to know this peace. I want to have this peace. One. Two. Three right now, would you raise your hand and say, Pastor, would you pray for me? I see that hand. I see that hand. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We need your peace today. We thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Right where you're at right now. I'm going to pray this prayer with the church. Would you pray with me? Here in person, online, let's pray together. And if that's you, you need a touch from the Lord, just right where you're seated, just lift your hands as we pray this prayer. Say, Lord Jesus, I come to you today to submit my heart to you, to surrender my life to you. I need you to change me to change my heart, to change my mind, to change my life. I surrender to you, to your will in my life, to your ways, Jesus, today and forever. I give you my life. I belong to you. I will serve you. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Come on, if you prayed that prayer, would you celebrate? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. If you prayed that prayer online, there's a link there that you can click on. Thank you. You can let us know that you prayed that prayer or that even if you need prayer, you can fill that out. We'll connect with you. God is ministering and he's moving. For the rest of us, whether online or here in person, there's an area of your life that you're struggling that there's 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 a lack of peace you're saying i need peace in this area i don't have peace i don't know why i don't have peace 
I want to pray with you as well. Maybe there's something in your life that God is wanting to show you. Maybe there's an issue that God is allowing to boil to the surface so that potentially He can work out these things in you and bring peace in your life. So if that's you, in fact, all of us, I believe that there's areas either you're not having peace today or you do, but tomorrow you might not. So I want all of us to stand to our feet as we close out our time and pray together. I want to pray for your peace. Maybe the peace is something that you need to respond to. You need to say, God, I, re I repent. I know exactly what's going on. And I've been bullheaded. I've been stubborn. I've been not willing to submit or not been willing to say I'm wrong. And, and because of that, I feel like there's a, been a lack of peace. And maybe that's you today. And you need to say, God, I repent of those thoughts. I repent of that action. I repent of those words that I've spoke and that have caused division. And I'm going to come and I want, you, I want to rebuild what's been torn down by the way I've responded. And I repent of that. And I ask God that you would allow your peace to move in that. Maybe that's you this morning. Or maybe there's other things. There's outstanding circumstances. Or maybe you're, you're being bombarded with other things. And you're saying, God, I've, I've allowed these things to dictate to me your peace. Maybe I've allowed these outside, outside things to rob me of the peace that I know that you've been giving to me. And I just want to pray with you this morning that whatever it might be and wherever you might be at right now, that God would, supernaturally would pour out his peace over you. Because he loves you. He has a plan and a purpose for your life. He desires you to be at peace. Peace in mind, peace in your heart, peace within, peace with others, and peace with him. So right now, wherever you're at, if you desire, if that prayer is for you and you think, I need that, Pastor, just write where you're at, just lift your hands just like this. As if you're receiving the peace of God, he's delivering it to you. And I just pray right now in the name of Jesus. God, those who are in person right now or those who are watching at home or wherever they might be, that God, if there's, if there's stuff going on in their life, there's turmoil, there's, there's a lack of peace, God, I pray that you would point out to us what is the cause God, is it something that we've done? We've missed it, God. We've allowed other things to dictate how we've responded. And God, we, we acknowledge it and we are wrong and we turn from those things and we turn back to you and we line our lives up, our hearts up, our minds up with you. We come into agreement with who you are, what you say, so that we can receive your peace again. Or Father, if we're being robbed of peace because of outside circumstances that are seeking to dictate how we should respond, We've allowed those things to have power in our lives and in our hearts to rob us. I pray, God, that, God, we would turn from that and say, no, God is in control. God is on the throne. God is still the one who provides peace to me, not my circumstances or not situations, but God. He is the prince of peace. He is the one who brought the gift. And so, Father, despite what's happening, I ask that you would send your gift of peace to me. I seek to have a change of mind and a change of heart about the way that I'm looking at life and the way that I'm responding to things around me. And God, I turn and submit my life to you. I bow my life at the feet of Jesus this morning. I surrender my life at the foot of the cross, saying, Jesus, I receive the peace that you've given. 
Come now, Holy Spirit, and send your peace. Send your comfort in these issues, these difficult times, God. Whether we need to submit our lives in repentance or submit for thinking and looking to other things rather than you. We love you, Jesus. We long for your presence. We long for your touch. Come, Holy Spirit, and have your way in us. We thank you, God. We thank you, God. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, everyone said, amen, amen. Thanks for listening to this message. To hear more messages like this one, be sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel to hear past episodes. If you like what you're hearing, be sure to rate it and share it with your friends. It helps us out a lot. If you're interested in supporting the ministry of